0: Um, I was speaking to a dear friend of mine yesterday on the phone, and she's been working in the healthcare system during COVID. And any of you, I know many of you, we actually have a pretty large community from up at the VA and at OHSU, um, among other places. But Those of you who know anyone or have worked in the healthcare system, you know that it has been extremely um, stressful, which in the healthcare system in our country, that's like another layer of stress upon just multiple, like baked in layers of stress and the way our system works. And it's not a holistic system, right? And there's people who automatically get a better... um, path in it because they have the right insurance or finances or whatever and then there's those people who get lost in it and don't get the help that they need so it's a very difficult place to work and this friend of mine has been feeling very stuck as even in this working this difficult job um she can't afford to buy a house in the place in the town that she lives in um because the housing is so expensive and um despite her full-time work, she doesn't make enough to live there. And so it's been this sort of feeling of, oh, I have to live in this like crappy apartment in order to keep the job um, that I've been trained to do through like six years of college, you know? <laughs> um, and that has been this place of sort of stuckness for her. And she said yesterday that she was had called another friend of ours and was talking on the phone with her And we all know this place where it's like, I've felt it this past week, even where it's this feeling of, oh my God, like I've been doing everything and still like nothing is changing. Like it just keeps feeling the same, that feeling, that's kind of the feeling that she has been experiencing. And then she was talking on the phone with another friend of ours. um, And this friend was like, you need to pull over right now and we're going to surrender this up to God. And (laughs) um My friend was like, oh my God, okay. And so she (laughs) pulls over in her car. And then this other friend of ours is like, you're going to say I've done enough. I've done all that I can do. God, you just need to take the wheel out of my hands. I'm trusting you to make it happen for me. I'm stuck. There's nothing more that I can do in my humanness. And went on and on. And (laughs) Anna, my dear friend, was like, if she said that it felt like sort of like she was being like blessed over, but really felt that sensation of I don't want to hold the wheel anymore, like it's not working with me holding the wheel anymore. All the skillful means, all the ways in which she's been um, interacting with the different systems of real estate and the healthcare and the jobs, and you know, like it's just not working, and so she goes home from this after she um did the pulling over in the car blessing with his friend and she looks online and there happens to be a job that is available in a town that she has lived in before and loves where the house is more affordable and it's a job that she probably very well could get and so she calls me and she's like this happened and I was like um someone took the wheel you know, and you can either, once the wheel is taken, you can either say yes and go that direction or not. And so she's going to apply. But it was this, like, um, beautiful sort of moment of what can happen and the mystery that moves in once we're willing to just be like, I can't do it by myself anymore. Like, there's enough there. And this reminded me of a story um, of, because here's the thing, friends, we get addicted To the pathways in which we do things right into the striving pathways that we build into our lives. That's what happens. We get kind of addicted to them. And then once we can like free ourselves right of doing it that same way, a lot of times then the miracle moves in right, then there's the space for something else to move in. But if we just keep working that same pathway of how we do things over and over and over again, it doesn't necessarily allow um, for the mystery to move in, right, for grace to move in. So, and I know that there's a paradox here, which we're gonna get to later, but I wanna tell this story first. So, um, the Buddha had a devoted servant named Ananda, Ananda means bliss, right? And Ananda was um, the Buddha's cousin and was like his biggest helper, the like his right-hand dude, you know? And when the Buddha died, there was a grand council that was convened sort of to talk about, okay, well, this person has passed. How are we going to keep spreading the teachings of the Buddha? Which eventually, of course, becomes like Buddhism. And ananda which means bliss um is not invited right and it's because despite like all of the devotion right that this human had and all the ways in which he helped and served and spread the teachings and was there for the buddha at any moment he was not enlightened and so he wasn't invited to this grand council and so ananda goes and is like it's tomorrow i have learned all of these pathways that i know lead toward enlightenment right and in practice we call this the the pathways are called skillful means and so ananda goes back to his place and starts practicing so vigorously like um really exhausting himself with all the vigor of the practices. And there is very much this sort of greed for wanting to be invited, which I think we also all know that feeling, right? When you don't get invited and you're like, oh, what was it that I did? You know, and you have this sort of kicked out feeling like you're not enough, right? And his practice was coming from that place of like, I need to do something in order to be enough. in order to become enlightened so that I can be a part of this community that is gathering um, and ultimately in service to spreading the message of Buddhism. And so he's, you know, really like sort of greedy after it, like practicing and practicing and practicing. And then it's not until dawn, right, where exhausted and like frustrated and sad and feeling that feeling of just like I guess I'm not worthy that Ananda lays down his head on the pillow you know and um, let's go of the striving let's go of the greed <laughs> um, and in that state of course you guys probably can guess what happened is that he becomes enlightened Right, It's at that moment when he just lets go and rests into the largeness, into like whatever's going to happen when he lets go the wheel, right? As our friend was saying, like you have to let go of the wheel sometimes. And that that was the moment when enlightenment moved in. When there wasn't that wanting for it to be a specific way, there was an acceptance of it just being what it is. Um, and what... Beautiful freedom there, my friends, to let go of the striving. I want to read this to you. Non-striving is one of the core principles of mindfulness. This is one of the principles we'll be going over in that course together. It means being fully present in this moment without the need to change it. Actually being present without any agenda. Even without the agenda to relax or to feel better. Ooh, that's a toughie, right? Because I know for myself, sometimes I sit in meditation and what arises when I allow myself to just stop can be painful. And then what crosses my mind is, isn't this supposed to make me feel better? Like, what's going on here? Why, is, why do I have to sit in pain for 20 minutes? You know, sit in my anxiety for 20 minutes and just be with it, right? But it's in the sitting with it that we learn kindness. <laughs> Right, that we learn this non striving. So it says, and it's surely not the agenda to reach a special meditative state. Non striving is moving from our constant habitual doing mode into the more open, receptive being mode. Being mode allows this moment to be good enough, again, not perfect, and sometimes even stressful or painful. So it's moving from doing mode to being mode, and in being mode, all is welcome right even the wish for it to be different like we spoke about in the meditation that even that is welcome and that we can be generous with ourselves and be like humor is very helpful here it's also one of the core principles um where we can be like oh my gosh look at you wishing that it was different you know and there's this like softness that happens when we can be with it in that way but we learn that letting go of striving will often open a sense of ease. As we practice non-striving, over time, we learn that the being mode is deeply healing and restorative, right? Is deeply healing and restorative. Um, and what's interesting is that when Ananda decided to rest, he leaned into something that was had been there the whole time right? That didn't need his striving or his greed or his wishing that it would be something different. And here's the paradox that I said that we would get to, right? Because then the thing that happens is that we can say, oh, well, then I don't necessarily need my practice, right? If it's already there, then like fantastic. Like, let's just like be with that. But We need the skillful means, all the training and all the sitting sometimes in quite extreme discomfort. My meditation practice, if you can't tell already this week, has been like um, hard. (laughs) Um, But we need all those skillful means that undo our conditioning, right? That undo the need to strive, the need to do, um, the feelings of frustration and not being worth it. All those kinds of feelings, the identification with the body, the identification with the feelings, with the emotions, with the thoughts. We need the practice to undo those things so that we can learn how to rest back into the largeness, into loving awareness. That's the thing. Um, And we don't want to forget that the largeness, that our expansive, expansive love is always there for us. That it doesn't leave, that it's constant. And what a relief that is. Because it takes, it just it brings tears to my eyes. Cause the moment that I really got this, just from getting that, that there was nothing that I needed to do or be or say, right, to be worthy of that expanse of love flowing through me, then I w- was able to be more compassionate with myself. And that when the ground becomes compassion. That changes everything, right? Um, There's a line in the Course of Miracles that says, um, when we're in that state of not feeling like enough, right? Or that we are somehow not connected to love, that we can look at ourselves or at another person, a brother, a sister, a friend, um, a colleague, and say, do you think that God has given up on them? Do you think that God has given up on you? And to really ask that question and that take that inquiry seriously, because we know in the deepest part of ourselves that the answer is no. And when we can move from that place, there's freedom. Like no one has given up on you. There's nothing that you could ever do to connect yourself from expansive love. Right. And we use the practices and there's a funny paradox, um, to decondition ourselves from believing that there is, from believing that we have to strive, that there's some sort of transactional thing going on that leads us toward liberation. That's not it at all, right? So it's the both and. (laughs) Practice and remembering it's always available to us. Okay, Um, I hope this is helpful, my loves, and I really hope that you will come on Wednesday and tomorrow for Anna's meditation and that we can begin to explore these principles together in a deeper way. And the this is included with your subscription. So added value, what, what? Um, <laughs> and the classes will be recorded if you can't make it in person and always feel free to reach out to me with questions because that's where it's in relationship where we get to sort some of this out. Um, and I've been trained, so you know. <laughs>